Welcome to this episode of Stand Out, the podcast to better your business, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Listen in, and you'll walk away with insights from exemplary members who share their business acumen and the newest ideas from authors and thought leaders relevant to the organizing and productivity industry. And now, here's your host, longtime NAPO member, Claire Kumar. Hello and welcome to this episode of NAPO's Podcast Standout. I'm your host, Productivity Catalyst Claire Kumar, and I'm very excited today to have fellow Canadian join me. You will probably have heard of this lady. Let me give you a little bit about her background before I introduce her. So think of a hot mess house, an HGTV show. It can be found in other places. I'll get to that later. She is the creator of the Clutterbug Organizing Style and Organizing Philosophy. She is a partner with the Container Store, helping people make better decisions on the tools that will actually help to get them organized based on, of course, their Clutterbug Organizing Style. So if that all sounds incredible to you, it really is. And I love the opportunity to meet Cass or Cassandra. We can call her either. She's very, and in just a few minutes, I learned speaking with her that she's got a lot of room for whatever goes. And I think you'll fall in love with her like I did. I want to invite you to join Cassandra Arson and I in this conversation and see what you walk away with. I've been so beyond inspired by Cass and everything she's been able to accomplish. And I'm thrilled to bring her enthusiasm, grace, and business savvy to you in this conversation. So welcome, Cass. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It was so wonderful when I first heard of you. I mean, I heard of you a few years ago in the Canadian organizing scene. I saw your name and then all of a sudden I'm reading HGTV star and the container store. And I really had to sit up and pay attention. And the more I dug into what you've done, I am blown away by all you've accomplished. I would love to start with a question asking you what drove you to create this business and what do you think is behind the explosion of love for what you've created? I definitely never went into this thinking it was going to be a business. This was a solution for my own crazy, chaotic super slob life. I've struggled with clutter my entire life. Disorganization. I was that kid with moldy sandwiches in their desk and couldn't find anything in their locker. I lived the majority of my life thinking I was lazy and messy. And when I tried to get organized, I failed. And I was failing because I was trying to copy what other people were doing. And I was so inspired by Peter Walsh and his show, Clean Sweep. I remember trying again. And this time I went and just got a bunch of dish pans from the dollar store. And I started getting organized by using a less organized approach, giving myself permission to just toss things in a basket, but give it a designated home and not worried about filing things and micro-organizing and getting into details. And this amazing thing happened. It stayed tidy. And then I thought I was a genius. And so I started helping friends and family who were also struggling with clutter. And before I knew it, I was getting referrals for clients. And I was like, could this 
could this be something? Could I help people also get organized? And through that, through helping in my own insecurity, I told people, listen, if this doesn't stay tidy, call me and I'll come back and organize it for free. Say what? That was my business model. So you provided a guarantee. I guarantee that this would stay. And guess what happened? People called me back because it didn't stay tidy. And some people didn't. And so it worked for some people. And then I had to really ask myself, why? Why does one system work for one person and not the other person? And it's not that they're lazy. And it's not that they're messy. There's got to be something else. And that's when organically, I really discovered there were four different organizing styles. And I had to figure it out because otherwise I was going to go broke doing everybody's homes over and over again for free. And so out of this, out of the struggle and out of the fact that everybody just does things a different way, it really made me realize there were four different organizing styles. And when I could identify someone's style, I could set up a system that stayed tidy for good. That is such a great story. And I love how organically it developed. Well, first of all, I I love your commitment to the client and serving them to develop something that really worked. And I think that's evident through your journey. You're still doing that. And now you're leveraging up and it's amplified, which is super powerful. But coming back to the organizing styles, I would love to know more about them. And I think it's interesting You know, if we look at the Container Store Partnership, for example, our organizers who are listening to this will see more evidence of that. And I want you to listen, listeners, to what Cassandra's put together because it may help you in your serving of the client. It may give you a common language. It may give you a language that they're going to bring to you and you're going to be like, what is that about? Now you're hearing right from the source. So let's dive into the styles and maybe you can give us a little breakdown of each one. Yeah, I would love to. So it basically breaks down to how you naturally store and how you naturally sort your things. And so let's talk about storing. A lot of people are really visual. It's out of sight, out of mind. And so they store their important everyday things where they can see them. They love hooks for their keys. They love bookshelves where they can put things and see. They, If they're using their toaster or blender every day, they want it on the counter. So they are visual storers. And then there are people who get really anxious and stressed by seeing a lot of things. They're craving visual simplicity. So they want to store their things out of sight. They're hiders. They want to put their things out of sight. So you have like visual organizers and hidden organizers. And then the other half of the equation is people who are very detail-oriented. They like all their ducks in a row. They like to take the time to put something away properly. They'll stop and take the time to put it away properly because they want to find it quickly the next time. And there are other people who their brain has already moved on. They're done using their pen. They're on to the next thing. They need to put something away quickly. They don't mind taking the time to find what they need. And so you have a detailed-oriented organizer or a more laid-back organizer. And it's how they manage their stuff. And sometimes you can have like a really A-type person who's really, really detailed in their brain but they're really laid back in how they manage their stuff. 
And so the best thing to do is take a look at what's working. You never go into someone's home and look at a mess and diagnose what they are because everybody can be messy and everyone can struggle. Are you looking at my desk right now? I am not. (laughs) You look at what's working. So show me a space that you use all the time that you're able to maintain. Is it visual? Is it hidden? Is it detailed or is it more toss it in a basket style? And when you know this, you can replicate it through your entire house. It isn't one size fits all. Yes, you can be a little bit of different styles. But for the most part, if you're struggling in an area to keep it tidy, it's probably because you're trying to use a system that isn't made for how your brain naturally works. I love this, especially as professionally in the productivity world, I've been thinking about neurodivergency and cognitive abilities, ADHD. A lot of my clients come to me with ADHD and we definitely, you see motivation challenges, you see cognitive function challenges, you don't, you see hyper-focus in areas and a challenge in other areas. So you painted a picture of someone who might be very organized in one place but less so or have a different approach in another. And that might reflect motivation, interest. I like how there's this ability to be more than just one precise piece. So one thing I noticed about the model that you've created in the styles, and I think that what's making it compelling for people to be taking the quiz, you shared with me the number. I don't know if you want to share with the audience how many people have taken this quiz to define their style. It just grows every day. We're over 3 million. Over 3 million people have taken the quiz to date. Okay, let's shout out a link so that if anyone's curious right now and you want to go and find the quiz and learn about what your organizing style is, let's share the link now. And then let's talk a little bit about how you brought these styles to life and made them so compelling. Yeah, so you can go to clutterbug.com, so www.clutterbug.com, and you'll find the free quiz there. I don't ask for your email. It's no strings attached. Just find your organizing style. But I'm going to say, answer honestly. Don't answer with your fantasy self, right? This is why we're struggling, because we have this perception of who we should be. This is about who you are. And owning that and realizing that there is no wrong answer. There is no bad organizing style. Do you have that on a t-shirt somewhere? Because (laughs) there's so much acceptance in the way you are and the way you interact with people. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. You're not messy. You organize differently. And I feel like this is something we have to tell our clients too, because Self-confidence is 90% of the battle. People are failing at organization because they think they're bad at it, so they're not trying. And as soon as they realize that they are good at it, they just do it differently. That self-confidence takes them the rest of the way. So, okay, let's break down the styles. So we talked about sort and store. So I gave them all cute little names and I really thought about this, okay? Okay. Because I've always called myself a clutter bug. So I named my business clutter bug. So when I realized that there was different organizing styles, I wanted to give them bug names. I chose the butterfly for the visual organizer because a butterfly is a visual organizer who needs a laid back approach. And when you think of a butterfly, they flutter from flower to flower. There isn't really a rhyme or reason. They'll visit the same flower multiple times. 
oh, I, I didn't know I was just here. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they are attracted to the most colorful and bright and visual flowers. So I chose the bee to represent the visual organizer that's very meticulous and very detailed because like a bee, a bee organizer is attracted to bright and they love seeing things, but they're very methodical. Look at a beehive. It's perfect. It's mathematical precision. And a bee will never visit the same flower twice for pollen. They are very methodical with their pollen collection too. And so that's why I chose the bee to represent the visual detail-oriented organizing style. I chose the ladybug to represent the hidden organizer who needs fast, easy, laid-back approach because a ladybug shell looks very shiny and beautiful on the outside, but when they open up, their wings are like all crunkled and jangled up underneath. They look like a hot mess sandwich. And that is what a ladybug organizer looks like. They love things hidden. They take pride in their home. They want it to look very clean and serene. But if you open a drawer or a closet, it's a hot mess in there because they need to toss things away quickly. And last but not least, the cricket represents the hidden detailed organizer because crickets, when I think of a perfect hidden bug that is very methodical, I think of a cricket because when they rub their legs together and make that song, it's mathematical perfection. The beats are exactly synchronized and they only slow down or speed up based on weather. And you also rarely see a cricket, you just hear it. So when I think of an organizer that's meticulous and detailed, but wants things out of sight and is craving visual simplicity, I think of a cricket. I love how much thought you put into this and it's organically grew from your name. So were you interested in bugs as a kid by any chance? Was there, is any through line? I love ladybugs and I, that's my organizing style as a ladybug. So I was a little biased choosing that. But when I was in grade six, I did a science fair thing on crickets, realizing that they, it is mathematical perfection and just the beauty in their song. So when I was coming up with a hidden organizer who was very, very detailed, very, very A-type, a cricket was an obvious choice there. It's so wonderful how that innate curiosity has a way to express itself and your sort of affection for that learning. It's powerful. So thank you for sharing that. I'm wondering, so what's on the horizon for you now, Cass, that you've turned on to people thinking in a loving way, in a self-confidence boosting way about their ability to structure their environment so it really supports them. Tell me a little bit more about what's in your future and where are you taking this now? I definitely want Clutterbug to not be about Cassandra Arson. I want this to be something that people think about when they think, oh, I've got to get my pantry organized. What's my organizing style? I want them to ask themselves that question before they even start so that they can have success. So that everyone, no matter who you are, no matter how much you've struggled in the past, can live an organized life because it isn't about what it looks like. It's about how it functions. And so in my business, what's next? We're looking at product development, different products for each of the different organizing styles. But what really excites me is just how many more people every day are taking the quiz and are talking about their organizing style and feeling pride feeling I'm a butterfly and I'm proud of that instead of shame. Shame for the fact that they don't organize in the traditional way. 
and that it doesn't look like a home edit kind of experience, right? And the home edit is a B. So if you love the home edit, you're probably a B. Marie Kondo is a cricket. She is 100% a cricket. So if you're looking at different styles and you're like, that really appeals to me, it's probably because the person who designed it is also your organizing style. And I think this is a trap that professional organizers get into with their clients. If you are a professional organizer, odds are you've been organized your whole life. You love organization. You're a detailed organizer. But if you set up a system like that for a client who is not like you, it's going to look beautiful. But two weeks from now, it's going to be a mess. And your client's going to feel like a failure and they're not going to hire you to come back. I love that. I think the self-reflection is important. Through my years of working in this profession since 2005 now, I have seen quite a split between people that are like, as you described, I struggled with mess. And then I realized I learned so much I could teach somebody. So there, there's different organizing styles, even the profession. I'm more of the, well, yeah, I like things a certain way. And I have the meticulousness, perfectionist piece. I, I knew that, that offer. I've talked to you for five seconds. But I do feel like you might be a little visual. Just, I was getting B vibes from you right off the bat. And the thing is, the more you really understand this, you can literally have a conversation with someone and not even see their home and know their style. I see you wearing bright pink glasses. I see you love color. And I could tell that you were a detailed person. So you can really sometimes just by talking with someone or meeting them, know their organizational style without even seeing their house. I'm reflecting back on somebody I worked with before. She always wore black. No surprise that her kitchen, I'm talking, everything was off the counter and in a drawer, everything. And so, yes, the stimulation that she was looking for was very minimal. This is so powerful. It isn't, you can't put everybody into four boxes, but it is helpful to know your natural style. Sometimes you might be a bee in one area and a cricket in another and a ladybug in another, and that's okay too. But I think the most important part is realizing the people who live in your house with you are probably different styles. That's where exactly where I wanted to go. Yes. So if you're frustrated that your husband isn't putting his laundry in the hamper, but the hamper's in the closet behind the closed doors, well, yeah, bring the hamper out in the middle of the room, put it where he can see it. And I promise you that problem will be solved. So we have to adapt our home to compromise for the way that everyone naturally organizes. Yeah. And especially in their own domains, let it be really what serves them. The, the interesting thing comes into compromise in shared spaces. And so what do we do? How do we negotiate with that so that the visual, I would think this is the highly, more highly sensitive people that are tuning in to this too. Those people that are easily overstimulated, do you have any thoughts on what to do in those shared spaces where you've got different styles to take care of? Yes. And this is not always agreed upon, but in my experience, we always default to the visual organizer and the laid back, non-detailed organizer, because it's a lot easier for us to just have to see some things out if we're hidden than it is for a visual organizer to remember things when they're out of sight. It's out of sight, out of mind. If you put their coats in the closet, if you put things out, they're going to not know where they are and they're going to look for them and they're going to feel anxiety about that. And so a way that we can really 
combine these is just using labels. A beautiful, simple label lets the visual organizer know where things are, but it can also mean you can put things in a basket or behind closed doors for those hidden people. So that is really the compromise. And if you have a detailed person and a non-detailed person, we always default to the non-detailed person because guess what? They're not going to take time to lift a lid. If something's hard to put away, they're just going to put it down beside it. So take the lids off. Yeah. (laughs) Then your detailed person is picking up the slack, complaining about picking up the slack all the time. Right. Yes. So guess what? If your kids are coming home and they're not putting their shoes on the shoe rack in the closet, just get a basket for them to kick them into by the back door. That's okay. It's okay to have a basket for 2022 bills that you just toss them in and you don't file. It's fine. It's fine to have a less organized, I call it a macro approach to organization, And I know that's not what it looks like in TV and magazines, but that's how you stay organized in your real life, in your home, if that's what you naturally do. I used to talk about it saying there had to be an ROI on the effort to organize. So there had to be a payback. And if you were detailed, the payback is in the system and you like it and you can just... And on my organizing questionnaire, I would ask people what their preference was. Do you like to pick and pluck or do you like to rummage? And... I've had one person come back to me and say, I want to rummage. I don't want any of my clothes in my door organized. I want to pretend I'm going shopping every morning and I don't even know what's in there. I want to rummage. And I thought, wow, I didn't know there was such a different way of looking at our relationship to things. And it was really powerful. I found the best way to ask somebody is, would you rather find something quickly or would you rather put it away? quickly. And everybody says, I want both. Can't I have both? No, we can't have both. You can either put it away fast or you can find it fast. And for me, I have to put it away fast. I have to. I have to chuck it in. a. If I need an aspirin, I will dig through the medication bin to find an aspirin. I'm never going to take the time to stop and put it in a detailed way when I'm done with something. These are great questions to ask yourself about the value of something to you and how much effort you're willing to expend to get there, right? So that's interesting. I'm thinking about hooks though, hooks on walls. It's fast to put it away and it's fast to find it. So sometimes you get a win. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes you do get a win. That's exactly right. Yes, for sure. But you've got to then be okay with looking at it. So I remember with my house, when I had it with my kids, by the front door, we put in some solid oak. We mounted some hooks on the wall, but only four hooks, one per person kind of thing. So we weren't going to get 20 coats there. You were able to have the one coat you were needing. And it's tough in our climate because you sometimes need three coats in a week, (laughs) the way the weather goes, but always sort of finding that balance with the style and the functionality and that comfort in the surroundings. And for sure, in my family, there are at least three different styles, if not four. Yeah. We have three kids and we would come home every day and they would come home from school and drop backpacks and coats and everything on the floor. And I was constantly picking them up, but I didn't want to see them. So I had a closet. I had to ask myself, would I rather see them or would I rather completely pick up after them all the time? And I chose see them. So I demoed the closet. We had an open mudroom. I hate it. I, ha- I don't like to see the things but they're always put away. My kids are putting their things away without any nagging. And I'm so grateful. My mom tried to 
She's a wonderful lady, very tidy, very neat, and tried to get me to adapt to her style my entire childhood, which just made me feel like a failure when I couldn't. And now I look at my children and I adapt to them and they're having success. And I think that it's also, I mean, obviously as professional organizers, it's important, but as parents, it's also important that we really work with someone's natural tendencies so that we don't have to nag and try to change them to do it our way. We can set up a system that's effortless and they're able to keep it tidy and neat and organized. Yeah, I'm thinking back to my son. So I have a boy and a girl and my son always had sort of an elegant way to do something. And I think his t-shirt is how little can I do is really his motto, which I just applaud his mind. He tried for a while to see if he could live living out of the laundry basket. And then he quickly realized uh, it doesn't really work because I don't know what's clean and what's dirty anymore. So the way I managed laundry in the house was I would have a basket for each person in the family. So when I would sort it, it would go lightly folded into there. So it wasn't going to be creased, but they would have the responsibility to put everything away. This is building skills out there, which is really, they were thought they were the only kids building skills, I can assure you. But <laughs> And I realized, I said, what do you want to do? Of course, I created the folding product. And then my, and I said, do you want to fold your t-shirts? No, mom, I want to hang them because it's less fussy. It's less meticulous, right? And so I remember having a revelation one year that, you know, in the winter, my skin gets really dry. And turning clothes that were out inside out the right way and decided I hated it. And my skin was always catching up. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just time out done. So in the laundry basket would go inside out clothes, lightly folded. And so my son figured out a way to take that shirt and well, he put it on his hanger inside out. It's in a closet. I'm like, okay, this is not how I would do it, but that's fine. So I said, well, how does this work for you? Because, well, I figured out how to put it on and flip it. So it's outside out while he puts it on. So he took a step. He just takes steps out of processes. And so I'm like, oh, that's elegant thinking. And so there has to be room to allow this expression and this relationship with things. My daughter is one who loves abundance. She loves to be surrounded by things. She appreciates the sensual nature of things. She was always tying stuffed animals to scarves and to like all over her room. I know my daughters too. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you inspire this need to be able to find things when you need them? So you're not in a position of stress when you want to get ready for school, whatever, and finding the, encouraging them to find their relationship with things. So my daughter has the exact opposite organizing style that I do, and she loves visual abundance. I would prefer everything hidden out of sight and really clean and minimal, but we just put shelving on every square inch of her walls, open shelving, and she's having success. It's not what I would want. You can't even see a wall. It's just hooks and shelving, and it's full to the brim, but it's organized. And it's tidy and she's putting things away and she knows where everything is. So it doesn't matter what it looks like to me because she loves it. I've had clients too who want everything everywhere, but organized. And so we have to take ourselves out of the equation and really say, what's working for this person? What's beautiful to them? What's functional to them? And set up a system for success. 
That's so beautiful. I want to come back to Hot Mess House now because I honestly, I haven't seen the show. So you've got virgin experience here. Are you bringing these principles in? Give me a little bit about the show. And also maybe you can tell us where else we can see this because we have a global audience listening to the podcast and I want everyone to be able to experience this. So yeah, give us a little insight. Yeah, so we have two seasons of Hot Mess House, and the premises of the show is people who are really struggling with clutter. We go into their home, I help them declutter, I help them discover why they're struggling to let go, and then we organize their home based on their style. So we change their house for their style. And in season one, we did it virtually. So it was just with products, we just got them products. And in season two, we actually renovated their home for their organizing style. So we built walls or we tore walls down, we put mudrooms in, we we designed their house for the way their brain naturally thinks. So that sounds to me like open concept for the people who like things hidden may be a challenge. There's less walls, there's less storage. You're exactly right. Exactly right. We actually put up walls for people who wanted things hidden, which you're like shock and awe, but it works for them. It's also safer sometimes and it's less noise. So in terms of stimulation on all fronts, I think doors were probably one of the most coveted things in the past two years. Yeah, exactly. It was so fun to be able to help people on the show really have a huge impact with a bigger budget. The sky was the limit and we really transformed people's lives in just such a short amount of time. But I'm going to be honest, I think the biggest transformation was probably learning to let go. And you know, as a professional organizer, it's the decluttering part that's so hard, but so critical to success. So I just loved working. I loved working with these families and just changing their homes and changing their lives. It was emotional. We cried every time. And um it's just such a beautiful experience. That's amazing. So give us a little bit more insight where we can find the show if we want to dig into that now, season one and season two. Yeah. So you can find both of those, of course, on HGTV, but you can also stream them uh, for free on Discovery Plus. You can rent them on iTunes and through Amazon Prime. So Hot Mess House, there's a lot of different ways that you can watch the show. Amazing. I'm curious just a little bit about production, especially of season two in the pandemic. Where did you film? How did it go? How did you find participants? All that kind of stuff. Give us a little behind the scenes if you can. So I'm from Canada. So we, all the families were from New York and New Jersey. So because of quarantine, I couldn't go back and forth. So I actually had to move to New York for six months. My family came with me, which was very cool. So we lived in New York while filming and we had what is called a skeleton crew. So there was only the two cameramen, the sound guy, my producer, myself, and one PA. And we tested every single day. My co-host Wendell was also there. We tested every day for COVID and the homeowners tested every day for COVID. Everyone wore masks at all times. So it was a really safe way to do it and still be able to be in person. I see their face when they got to see the transformation. The first season was completely virtual. So they surprised me with the transformations, right? The second season, we sent the homeowners away and then brought them home to their beautifully organized spaces. And that's a different level of, of impact. 
Yeah. And that's what I get to do with my clients too. So they're part of the decluttering process. And then I send them away when I do the final organization and bring them in for the reveal. And that's always my favorite part. So I was so glad I got to do that with the homeowners for the show. It is also good to have them away. I just did a makeover for a tech brand and we did a home office makeover and it's very stressful for the person going through the change because of that emotional connection and the letting go. It's better to have a little space and time and processing because if they're witnessing the whole thing, it's really hard. It's hard. Yeah. And I mean, obviously they have to be there for the decluttering, but for the organization part, I know their style. I know what works for them. I've already really developed a relationship and I know it's going to work. So I have the confidence of saying, go, trust me, I got this. I'm going to design it just for you. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so powerful. Is there anything else you wanted to say in this portion? Of course, we're going to come back for another question over on YouTube, but is there anything else you wanted to leave listeners with today? I think it's okay to take a less organized approach. I want, I just, if you're listening to this, you're probably a professional organizer and you're a really detailed person, which is why you're in the field, but I'm hoping you have some grace for your clients who you going in thinking, oh, you're just, if I just set up a system for you, then you're going to have success. I want you to really think about how they naturally manage their stuff. And it's okay to have a less organized approach for them. Yeah. Give some permission for that. Thank you. Well, Cass, Cassandra Arson, it's been just delightful to to really come to understand the model, the philosophy, the styles that you've created. And it's really apparent to me, there's so much in who you are and how you show up that's absolutely magnetic and charming. I wish you all the continued success. I'll be following you closely. And uh, I'm just thrilled that to have brought this to all the listeners today so that they can then figure out what they can embed, what you can embed as a listener into the way you go forward. So please do check out all of our episodes at napopodcast.com and leave us a review. Tell Cass what you think. What, tell, come on, let's, let's share. Maybe do you have hashtags, Cass? for the different kind of organizing styles? I don't know. No. Maybe. <laughs> sure. You can start one. <laughs> yeah, let's do hashtag clutterbug and then let us know what kind of organizing style you are. We're in all the social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So let's see. And more interestingly, though, I think share what this thinking has done for you in terms of any shifts that might have made into your approach with your clients. That's deeply interesting to, to me and I'm sure to Cass as well. So thank you again for everyone to Cass in particular for joining me on this episode and to you for listening in. As always, stay safe, be kind and enjoy your journey. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.